Welcome to another episode of Dice Talk. Today we have a very special episode planned for you because we have a returning guest, Adam DeWeese. Adam, can you briefly introduce yourself to our listeners just in case maybe they haven't tuned into your first episode that we had you on? Uh, kind of tell them who you are and why we've invited you onto our podcast today. Yep, I am Adam DeWeese. I started off as just the DM for One Shot Onslaught from there, kind of snowballed, kept adding a bunch of new shows until we eventually grew into uh, this network that uh, Dice Talk is on, the Majestic Goose Network. So um, that's really, I mean, there's a lot going on, but uh, to list all the shows is now getting to be kind of a chore, to be honest. So uh, yeah, just... uh, member of the majestic goose network i think that's a good way to put it and of course we have gerundu yes hello you did uh neglect to <laughs> introduce me at the beginning there uh i'm the phantom voice gerundu uh i'm also on the majestic goose network everybody forgets about me um uh, not true uh I, I refuse to allow them but yeah um hi adam well guys first of all i just want to mention we made it we survived the year that was 2020 not only did we survive 2020 i think like drendu mentioned i think we were born in 2022 yeah we were born in 2020 the network was yeah. and that's was it yeah. Like, yeah we thrived April? in 2020 and that's what i want to focus on on this episode is taking a look back at 2020 and not talking about all the terrible things that happened but rather reflecting on on a lot of the good things that did come out of it mm-hmm. and and at least for us uh personally and, and for a lot of a lot of the D&D community, it seemed like online, um, there was some good that came out of all the terrible things that were overshadowing 2020. So I just really want to focus on all those awesome things that we were able to do last year. And, and even within a global crisis, the just the positivity that we were able to pull out of uh, out of those dark situations. Mm. So you mentioned that it all kind of started out, Drondo, you mentioned it all kind of started out with that charity stream. Yeah. For those of you that aren't aware, Last year, the Majestic Goose Network, before it was even known as the Majestic Goose Network, I believe, we did mm-hmm. a 24-hour Extra Life charity stream to raise money for St. Jude's Hospital, and it was a huge success. Adam, you were the front runner on that. You were, you know, as the director of the Majestic Goose Network, you were kind of getting the guest on there, leading the charge, um, making sure that everything went off without a hitch. What what are some things you'd like to just reflect about that moment? I mean, the world, like everything has changed so much as a indirect result of that day. Yeah. So um, just for a, a quick step back, even right before that. So um, and I think it was 2018 was One Shot Onslaught started. Um, yeah. And then 2019, Halfway to Heroes started. And then we did a roll for weird one shot. I believe it was in 2019, like December 2019, uh, around there. Um, and from there, when it rolled into 2020 and lockdown started around March, um, you know, everybody was stuck at home. We thought, hey, uh, we should do something to, you know, give some kind of, I don't know, some kind of entertainment for the people that are stuck at home. And uh, at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, I, I think we did do the roll for weird one shot before the charity stream right so the charity stream was second part of it or was the charity yeah. stream the first one i feel like we did the the one shot 
prior to the stream because we by did. the time the yeah, stream yeah. came around, we and were we all, brought it back. Yeah, and we were like closer together, and we had a lot of experience playing with each other, and that's why we were comfortable to do this stream. And exactly, and, and that's what kind of happened because I I feel like um by the stream, I believe we even had a show name, and by that point we knew it was going to be a reoccurring thing. I think we did the one shot in like December or January, had so much fun with it. We we're like, hey, we should do this as like a show. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, um, but either way, yeah, it was one hundred percent not going to be a show, and then it was, yeah, yeah and then it was because we had so much fun with it, and then, um, yeah, lockdown started in March, and that's when I started thinking like we should, you know, do something that's kind of uh, double good. Uh, one, uh, raising money for uh, a local children's hospital in the area. Obviously, hospitals in that time all needed as much help as they could get, including. Mm-hmm. Uh, children's hospitals um and then two with everybody being locked down we wanted to give them some entertainment so um in march we started planning for that uh 24-hour charity stream and uh yeah it it was that was a that was a long 24 hours and it was a long month leading up to it just getting sponsors together uh, for giveaways and for um, getting guests together and getting the shows to line up to fit the 24 hours. And, uh, yeah, I feel like that one, um, I maybe, uh, you know, didn't delegate enough probably because it was a, uh, long and restful, uh, restless night of sleep that night. So, um, maybe, uh, this year, uh, would, I definitely want to do it again in April. Um, had so much fun last time to, uh, raised a lot for, uh, extra life. So really hoping that uh, this year I could probably uh, now that we've got more members in, of the network and we weren't even a network at the time. We just had mm-hmm. those three shows. We had uh, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Heroes and Roll for Weird, because like I said, I'm almost positive at that point we knew Roll for Weird was going to be a thing. Yeah. And uh, by that point, when we had three shows, I think it wasn't too far long after that that we started looking like, hey, um we should probably get this wrapped under some kind of network or umbrella because I think not, not long after that, uh, shitty Cowboys became a thing because shitty Cowboys (laughs) was kind of born in that, that That charity stream really did a lot, didn't it? It, uh, that's where shitty Cowboys (laughs) came out of too. And, um, yeah, that charity stream really did. Uh, I mean, it pretty much created this network and, uh, really kickstarted everything. And from, from, April on now, it's crazy how much things have changed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the charity stream created the network, and the network, honestly, the, this this creation of the Majestic Goose Network of this big umbrella to tie all these shows together, that is the reason that Dice Talk is a podcast right now. For some of the listeners, you might notice that we are now in season three of Dice Talk. Well, the first season, the dates are about three years ago, and if you and, and the quality's probably lower as well. And if, if you're wondering why. That's because my life got very hectic and, and I used to do this podcast alone. Um, and for a while, I was disheartened and didn't really want to do it. But after I, I became part of the One Shot Onslaught community and then that turned into the Majestic Goose community, I mean, I just met all these people and my love for D&D was reignited. My love for uh, talking and meeting new people within the hobby was reignited. And that 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember I sent you a message, Adam, and said, hey, I know you're talking about a, a network. If I were to revitalize my old talk show podcast, would that be something you're interested in? And I was very appreciative of, of, of the opportunity that you gave me to do that. And, and just for our listeners out there, I mean, this is all a, like a, a result of that same charity stream we were just talking about. And if you are someone who listens to Dice Talk but hasn't checked out some of the other shows, you really need to. You need to go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all of the shows because as we are about to, I'm sure, exhaust over the next 30 minutes or so, there are a lot of them. And um, I mean, they're entertaining. You mentioned that part of the reason we did that stream was to not only just raise money and and help people at Century Tossable, but also to provide a little bit of an escape for our listeners, dare I say fans, and Mm -hmm. give them something to smile about, a little bit of 24 hours of positivity. And I that translates to me directly. Without this network, this last year would have been miserable. I would not have been able to make it through the dark times that were um, without the amazing friends I made through this network and without the shows and the activities and the streams and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that extends past our community. I think getting involved in any tabletop community on Discord or on the internet, meeting new people, getting involved with games, with people you've never played with before, I think that's the path mm-hmm. towards you know, staying positive and, and pushing out all this negativity that we're trying to navigate through. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's nice to be able to have an outlet for creativity um, and coping with, I think actually, you know, doing stuff for the, the podcast and for the streams and for the network um, made it easier for me to pick up playing um, role-playing games remotely, which is not something, you know, I thought I would have been doing this time last year, you know, playing remotely with real people you know, my real friends when we all used to just gather around a table, you know, but as I say, not dwelling on the negative, but the positive aspect of that is like from doing this, it's made it easier for me to learn how to actually, you know, be an effective DM and player through, through zoom and, uh, the various manifold different ways that we, uh, communicate over the internet these days. It's made it easier to keep in touch with people that I otherwise might've drifted away from. So what are the two of you, um, what are your favorite, formats for playing D&D if you have to do so digitally and you can't you know we you can't do so in person all the time as much as you might like so online there's a lot of different options offering mm. you know different ways you can do this situ- I mean we could technically play D&D right now just chatting with n- with no other helpful things and we have yeah. done that before but uh I'm curious as to what are your two favorites like are there any apps or platforms you prefer the most is are you a theater of the mind kind of person I mean what kind of stuff what are you guys into um I like roll 20 I've not, I mean, I've, I've had to learn Roll20 uh, through doing NBA, which I'm sure is something we'll talk about a bit later on. But as a player, Roll20 is pretty good, especially with um, the Beyond20 plugin, because you can just roll straight from your character sheet directly into Roll20. And it's relatively easy as a GM to find assets to, you know, visualize your, uh, your tokens and your combat encounters and so on. Generally, I, as you all know, uh, I'm very improvisational. So I tend to just theater of the mind. Um, but I think as long as, you know, that's what people expect, uh, then that's fine. Yeah, I'm the same way. I will have up roll 20 uh, pretty much for rolls. And I really don't mind if uh, the players use physical dice or roll 20. But um, to, for me, it's usually just easier if I pull up a monster on D&D Beyond. I can just click their attack roll right from there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I don't really use it for maps or anything like that because I just... 
like Jerome do, just kind of do uh, theater of the mind almost exclusively, except for NBA, of course, which is a little more crunchy. But fun. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the positive things that came out of, of last year was this growth of this online community and meeting new people and exploring new ways um, to play Dungeons and Dragons. There's a thing called Demiplane that mm. I think Joe talked to us about. Joe, on, um, on a previous episode, Joe from Nerd Asylum. And that is what he, he referred to it as essentially Tinder for nerds that you go on there and you, you can find yeah. games, you can locate. And, and it's not just like you can find games, like you can't roll 20. You can tell them like, I'm 20% role play, 80% combat. I, you know, I have this much experience. I like this, this, and this. And it, it like, it's allowing you to self filter so that you can get involved with groups that are going to mesh with you really well. You can get, I mean, it's not, it's not saying you're, you're right or you're wrong. Cause you like combat more in role player vice versa. It's just, if, if you do like that, you want to be in a game that has more combat than role play, or you want to be in a game that has more role play than combat. Mm-hmm. And so by setting up these self filters, um, you're able to do so. And that's another great thing that came out of, out of 2020, that app. I mean, I've only used it once or twice now because I mean, the majestic goose network has given me more than enough people to play tabletop games with. But I think as long as we're focusing on all of the the great things that I've discovered in the last 12 months, Demi planes, one of them um, expanding my knowledge of roll 20 is one of them. And then honestly, for me playing with all of you over this last year and a half or so, has really expanded my acceptance of theater of the mind. I like it a lot and I can use it interchangeably with maps and stuff. But prior to that, I was very, and I, and I, I still am for in-person games, but I'm very like, I got to have a map. I'm going to make terrain. I got to have all this stuff pre-written. I write paragraph descriptions of each area and that's just the person I am. And, and that's why I put that energy into, you know, authoring various titles and stuff on the DM skill as you have sure. Adam. And we can mention that in a moment as well, but I don't know. I just think it, I just keep harkening back to like this, massive digital tabletop community is it is the best thing i can think of that came out of 2020 sure yeah i'm inclined to agree with you yeah Mm -hmm. so our network has a plethora of shows at this point that is really one of the only words i can choose to accurately describe (laughs) it there are so many Mm. i can't imagine for you adam i mean i just go over my list at the end of streams i got three or four and then i still feel like i forgot one but you have to plug all of them every time that must be a headache do you just have a permanent painting on your wall that has them all listed out since like writing on a piece of paper isn't gonna help since you have to repeat them every time you stream which is what like every day now i mean you're a busy guy honestly i usually don't plug them all i might plug like one or two and alternate like which two i'll mention but then mention the Majestic Goose website or the Majestic Goose Twitter so that people can go and then see all the other shows. Because honestly, um, yeah, at the moment we were up to 12 shows. Uh, so yeah, went from one in 2018, two in 2019, 12, <laughs> 20, well, I guess in 2020 we hit like nine or eight or nine, one around there. And then now 2021, uh, we're just in the first, you know, um, well, I guess by the time this goes out first month, but uh, yeah, we've been, it's been snowballing really fast. One of the events that we did last year that I would love, and I think we did it at least, at least three times that I've been a player, maybe more. I don't know. I might've missed one or two, but you started having authors come on from DMs Guild or wherever it is that you find them and, and running their games for us so that they're not able they're that they're not only able to plug their campaign they wrote but they're also able to show us the way that it was intended to be run 
but they're also able to give you a chance to take a break from DMing all the time so you can actually become a player. Is that something you plan to continue here in 2021, inviting authors on to do these streams for us? Yeah, honestly, that was a show idea. And you actually just reminded me we actually had two show ideas that both just seemed to kind of get swallowed up by the vast growing number of shows. But um, yeah, one of those two shows that still thinking about doing is either a monthly or bi-weekly. I think monthly is probably um, would be more manageable where, yeah, we, it's like a, um, we even got, we even had a name for it. Uh, <laughs> DMs Guild uh, Director's Cuts. Director's or, Cuts. Yeah. yeah. We even got a name for it everything. But then I think we just all, so many new things were coming out. But um, yeah, we wanted it to just be kind of like a bi-weekly or monthly thing where DMs Guild authors come on and, have run a one shot that that they created for us, uh, and I know last year um, we obviously had uh, James Intracasso. He didn't do a DMs Guild adventure, but he ran his system that he built, uh, Burn Bright, mm. um, in a one shot from there. And then uh, <laughs> we had uh, Steve uh, Pankotai came on twice and ran the two Scooby Doo adventures that were fantastic. And then of course Jeremy, you were the first one. You were kind of like the uh, you know the beta test, the, the alpha test, yeah. yeah. The uh, when you uh, ran your uh, that was the first piece, time I'd so, ever uh, DM'd on a stream ever, ever. In fact, that's yeah. the first time I had ever DM'd for strange for not strangers, but for people I didn't know personally, like in my daily life. So that was mm -hmm. actually a super nerve wracking night for me. <laughs> you did a good job, especially since I was like taking people's faces for my coat. Sarcasticus, sarcasticus. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I've come back. So yeah, thanks uh, for reminding me about that, Jeremy. The, about the show that got away. Well, it did kind of get <laughs> away, but you kept. Come back we did the two Scooby. We did the sequel to Scooby Doo, and that yeah. was a, you know that was kind of a return in a way to that same concept. Yeah, I think it. I don't know. It might just be a loose thing going forward. Of course, we did. Um, we did Simon's up. Cry as well, didn't we? For another one of your yeah, uh, Simon's Cry module. too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. Hiding your light under a bush a bushel there, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> We did Sirens Cry as well. But yeah, so yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be a, a thing that just comes up like every, you know, every once in a while we'll find an, because honestly, when I, when I first mentioned that idea and on Twitter and uh, asked DMs go to authors to like message me if they're interested, I got flooded with DMs and I was like, oh yeah. cow, this actually has people that want to do it. I should probably do it. But then. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, it just kind of got busy. I, I'm going to need to uh, pull those you're tools. I encourage any, yeah. <laughs> any authors, uh, whether you're professional or, or this is, you know, your first adventure you wrote, to contact us. Join the Discord. Send us a message. And if you want to run a game for us, run it. Like, we don't need a show to have a stream on a That's random true. Tuesday yeah. or a random Saturday Absolutely. or something. You know what I mean? Like, that is still on the table whether or not we call it Director's Cut or not. Mm-hmm. That is very true, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, especially if I don't have to DM the game, I would not <laughs> say no it. to, uh, yeah, <laughs> or editing or anything. I would not uh, be mad at uh, hosting a, a thing on the uh, the Twitch and um, being a player. I'd say a big positive thing that that came out of this year, and then you know, by by cause and effect, out of the network is a, a big increase in my personal self esteem. I I am no longer nervous when I get on here and stream. I am no longer like, I mean, it used to be like literally we're about to start, even though it's all you guys that I'm so used to hanging out with. It's like, okay, ready? And like, now I have to, like, it, it was a moment of stress, a, a mm -hmm. small moment of anxiety. I don't have that anymore. Um, I'm not super worried about 
people judging me or stuff anymore. And that's all from playing in these games and just streaming with you guys so often. So I think as a way to build up myself and a way to, uh, as a personal improvement, um, the network and Dungeons and Dragons and, and playing in these games and being forced into the terrible circumstances we've been forced into have allowed me to grow as a person. So that's something I'm super appreciative um, about the last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad um, that we've had the opportunities to, you know, hang out and, and play the games that we have. Cause it's, um, it's been a, it's been a blast. It really has uh, all the, and just all the diff- the sheer number of different games and types of characters and types of games and things that we do as part of the network, you know, it, this, the community that we've built around it is um, is really something. Stuff I've done that has not been for to create content. It's just like like the narrative telephone games that we've done with with Danny and and her friends and and so on, and the connections we've made through doing that. It's just been really satisfying. Um, and being able to, you know, be creative in the ways that we have. Yeah, you mentioned uh, different, you know, different systems and different types of content we did. And I'm I'm trying to think, and depending on when our first Roll for Weird really was, whether it was late 2019 or early, early 22, 2020 may be the year that I went from playing one tabletop RPG system, Dungeons & Dragons, mm-hmm. from... I started playing in, I think, like mid 2017 and then uh, so 2018, 2019, only Dungeons and Dragons to um, 2020, adding in Monster of the Week. Uh, we played kids on bikes. I played a system on um, a stream that I don't even remember what the system was when I when I signed up for it. I actually thought it was Dungeons and Dragons. Staff, Starfinder? I think no, it I was. Pl- yeah, I played Starfinder too, but this system was... I've oh, yeah. never yeah. heard of it since, and I was actually at work, and I usually would leave work at like four, and get home like four thirty, and that stream was gonna be at five. And while I was at work on lunch, I got a message saying, "Hey, you still on today for the system title one shot?" And I looked at it, and I was like, "It's not Dungeons and Dragons." <laughs> and I like <laughs> had no idea what system I was gonna play, uh, so I still don't know. I don't remember what. T- it was a lot of fun though. It was kind of like Power Rangers, and I really liked it. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me about it? What? And then, but um, you you probably just rolled with it, right? I mean, so often the way we play, oh yeah, make it forty minutes yeah. without, oh yeah, addressing the actual mechanics of the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what other systems have we played? We you played. Guys? We've done more than Dungeons and Shiver. Dragons, Shiver, uh, Burn yeah. Bright, Call of Cthulhu, Burn Bright, Monster Call of, of the Week. Um. Have you played? I mean, were there any other fate systems you've played? Even I don't think so. But I'm right there with you. I haven't played any of those prior to this year. I know. In one year, I went from playing only one system in my life to like six or seven different systems now, and I love it. I've never played a system I didn't like. Um, And that brings me to another show that kind of got fallen back, pushed to the back burner. Was some kind of um, we were gonna name it something like tabletop uh, roulette or something similar, and then we I found out that there's like a lot of shows that are named that, and a lot of shows do that where they do different um, systems every show, and I think that might um, yeah that that's another thing that we were just having fun with where um, like kids on bikes that's what that was I think I threw out a couple different systems that I wanted to run with some patrons and uh, kids on bikes won out. Uh, so we we did the kids on bikes one shot. I don't even remember what other systems I was pitching, but um, 
Oh, Quest. I got to play Quest this year, uh, like like 11 days ago, like the second to last day of 2020. So, yeah, it's it was a busy year for new systems. Did you play the Bubblegum one? No, that was another one on the list, was the uh, uh, Bubblegum or Bubblegum Shoe Detective. Is that what it's called, or is it called All Out of Gum? Oh, no, that one, too. Oh, we did talk about playing that, yeah. Yeah, so All Out of Gum's one. Where it's literally all the mechanics is, is you pay a stick of gum to do something you want. And when you run out of gum, you're all out of gum. All you can do is kick ass because like, you're good at two things, you. kicking ass yeah. and chewing gum. We're all out of gum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's one called like um bubble. uh What's it called? Gum shoe detective. So it's bubble gum shoe detective. And you're like kids in like middle school. And you do you investigate mundane crimes like someone stole Teddy's bike. We got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> You're just like little kids in middle school uh, solving crimes. And we almost ran that instead of kids on bikes. So uh, we probably still will. I'm sure we will in 2021. Um, I played D&D on Thursday nights. Well, it's still going to be on Thursday nights. It's just going to be later than when we record Eclipse. But it's with a group of people that actually none of them are on our server. And for some reason, they just haven't joined and they won't ever join no matter how many times they give them the link and stuff. But I was playing with some of my friends in another Discord group. and. We were able to, like you said, explore all these new RPGs, but some of the RPGs we were playing, and this was last year too, were called one-page RPGs. So these are RPGs that are, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't know that any of them are published and sold. I think they're all free or made by freelance authors. And they're like awesome. It's where every rule you need, everything you need to play fits on one single side of a single page of paper. All the rules, all the mechanics, all the details all fit on one page. And you think that sounds limiting and it might be for someone that's never ever played a tabletop game. I can see that being difficult, but for us, for people that have explored and done all these things, it's amazing. Uh, One of my favorite ones ever is untitled goose game, which is very, very, very roughly based on the untitled goose game video game. And that's, I mean, just because of our network that I would love to run that sometime, but that's just a game and you have three different abilities. I think it's like honk attack (laughs) and like fly or something. I don't remember. There's only three of them. When you're creating your character, you're just like saying like, do I want this skill to give me a plus one, a plus zero or a minus one? And you just allocate those to one of the three skills. And then when you roll, you tell me and make the argument for which skill it makes sense to use. But then you also get like weapons and I think the or like items and weapons and stuff. And I think the suggested one is like a machete. So it's like the goose running around with a machete is what they suggest. So that kind of lets you know how like ridiculous it could be. And that's something I've got a lot of joy out of is just these really silly. You don't have to take them super serious one page RPGs. There's a superhero one where it comes with a, a website and you just hit generate and it like generates like a three or four sentences that describe the bad guy and, and the plot. And you just run everything from there. It's all about flipping coins. Uh, you can either flip one coin <laughs> or you have advantage or disadvantage and flip two coins and then deal with the results that way. That was a super fun one page RPG. There's one called Honey Heist where you're just a whole bunch of different bears doing some sort of equally ridiculous quest. Um, that's another tabletop related joy that, uh, came into my life out of 2020 that being said i'm gonna put you on the hot seat adam it's been this difficult for all of us to think of all the different systems we played i want you to without looking at a list try to name every single show and stream that we currently have on the majestic goose network okay i think i can do it let me see i'm gonna try to go in order that they came about and i'm gonna do it as if this episode's going out february 10th so i'm gonna say one shot onslaught halfway to heroes roll for weird shitty cowboys I think me trying to remember the order is fucking me up. Um, um, or solo rolling, 
That's pretty crafty. MBA. Um, lore and poor. I know I've already missed something. Um, dice talk. Eclipse. Doom clock. And, of course, did I get them all? I think the only one you missed was Dungeons think and Dreamers. Dungeons and Dreamers, yeah. Yeah. But it, I did say current yeah, that shows. Was a, I did say current, uh, so maybe I tricked you. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah, it was a mini series that we think might have reoccurring se- uh, seasons, um, maybe. So uh, it might still make a comeback because uh, that was, I thought that was a lot of fun. That I wasn't was even fun, a part yeah. of it, but I had a lot of fun watching it. That was the first time I got to, like, I, I casted it out. And I was thinking, I was like, do I put myself in this or do I get somebody else that wants in to get into it? And then I get to not, you know, I get to actually relax uh, during that time. So that was the first show, I think, on the network that I had no part of. <laughs> now, at all. even though you want that um, little relax re- relaxation time, does every single time that happened, you kind of feel like you wish you were in there playing? Well, what ended up happening was I was still like moderating the stream and stuff. So then I was thinking like, well, at this point, I'm might as well just be playing <laughs> if i'm you know sitting at my computer and making sure that things aren't going wrong um but not count not counting me in and telling me when we're going live yeah <laughs> just going <laughs> in and just leaving Durandu to dig just leave dangle. me holding the baby <laughs> <laughs> you bastard but now i mean um that being said we've got obviously dice talk on here now and then uh that's pretty crafty um think those are the only two that i'm not a part of almost eclipse but jeremy got me <laughs> he got me with his awesome lore for eclipse and me really wanting to play in it uh yeah i think i got them all then if this i'm impressed uh honestly I, I i'm pretty impressed at your ability to recall most of those i don't even know i mean i forgot roll for weird when i was writing down the list and i'm a character on that show and we've been doing that's one of our most popular shows <laughs> but we will talk about all of these shows and more when we return from a break from our sponsors. Do you suffer from chronic storytelling dysfunction? Do you find you're overrun with trite tropes and cliche character patterns? Well, you're not alone. In my old age, I was tired of boring stories, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, I feel young again. If you suffer from a lack of creative world building or one-dimensional character development, Dice Chronicles may be just what you need. My characters always felt flat and unable to perform, but with Dice Chronicles, I'm not afraid of being my true self. Before I started listening to Dice Chronicles, I felt so alone in my hunger. But now I'm a first-rate villain. Dice Chronicles gave me a purpose, but most importantly, it gave me a terrible French accent. Hi, I'm Yarn, and before Dice Chronicles, I used to be terrified of magic, but now after just a few episodes, I've got magic pouring out of my eyeballs. I used to suffer from crippling anxiety, but thanks to Dice Chronicles, now I only suffer from anxiety from going on an adventure with my friends. Dice Chronicles is not responsible for rolling natural ones, TPKs, or the general feeling that our characters are better than yours. Ask your DM today if Dice Chronicles is right for you. Find us at podbean.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. In a world where adventure awaits and danger lurks around every corner, an unlikely group of friends find themselves on the path to becoming heroes. But school will only get them halfway. Merlin, the human warlock barber guy. Oh god, no, I gotta buff his butt! No! Can I refuse business? Ubo, the turtle artificer. Well, it doesn't work yet, but uh, I'm working on it. 
Altrex, the discarded Warforged Paladin. I don't eat or sleep or wear clothes, so I just sit in the corner and wait. And Clyde, the Goliath Barbarian in skinny jeans. They're called skinny pelts, okay? Find us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching for Halfway to Heroes. And we are back. So right before the break, we were discussing... (laughs) All of the shows that we have on the Majestic Goose Network, there are so many of them, and I forced Adam to try his best to recall them without a list, which was at least entertaining for me. But now that we have them all (laughs) listed out there, why don't we go down and talk about them? Because I'm sure some of our listeners, most of our listeners, um, probably come to our show from one of those shows. Or, you know, maybe maybe if I was lucky Mm -hmm. enough that they started with Dice Talk and they worked their way on. They might not know all of the shows. And I I really do. I don't want to sit here and just ring our own bell all day. But. I really do think we have some quality content here. I mean, there's a reason that we do this. There's a reason we get downloads. There's a reason people join our community. And that's because I'd like to say we're good at it. But I think what really counts is that they know we're dedicated and they know we enjoy it. And they know we are really putting ourselves in there for fun and for entertainment. So why don't we go down, just go down the list and actually kind of discuss some of these shows. Um, Because... I mean, the reason me and Gerundi are right here talking to you right now, Adams, because at, at the end of the day, we're fans of these shows. That's why we know you. That's what yeah, made us absolutely. meet you to begin with. And we're friends now, sir, sure. But I mean, like we were just fans um, and now we're where we are. So paying, paying fans. Yeah, we bought our way. Onto the <laughs> you can too. Uh, the Patreon link will be we in the description. It from nine ninety nine to one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Um, but if you, if you can afford that, I'll invite you to my birthday. <laughs> my Amazon wish list uh, link is below. Um, I thought this was a Discord yeah, invite, so not an Amazon wish list invite. <laughs> so let's start right at the beginning. The show that started it all, One Shot Onslaught. One of my favorite things about One Shot Onslaught is one of the things that I try to do with this show, and it's that it gives other people a chance, guests and authors and other DMs, a chance to display and exhibit their work and the things they've been working super hard on. And and, and that's what One Shot Onslaught does. I mean, you use other authors' one-shots, uh, you showcase them, and you, you run through them, and it's been super successful. Would you like to speak on that? Yeah, so the reason One Shot Onslaught became a thing is because when I first started playing D&D with Dustin and our wives and Johnny, um, I didn't think my oldest brother Sean would be into it because he didn't even like board games or anything at the time, so we didn't think to float it to him. Uh, and then Dustin and Sean worked together, and Dustin would talk about Dungeons & Dragons a lot, and Sean got interested. So I was like, well, I can see what I can do, and I looked up one-shots. I didn't know about Dungeons & Dragons one-shots. I only knew about you know big, long campaigns. And uh, while searching that, I found Deems Guild. I was like, holy cow, here's a place with just hundreds and thousands of one shots that I can just pick ones I think are cool and run in three hours and then Sean can play it however much he wants. And uh from there, um his uh he brought uh one of his friends over and me, Dustin, uh Johnny, Sean, and uh Sean's friend Nathan at the time. Um still friends just at the time uh he, he was now. really early yeah. on in the cat. <laughs> yeah he's still no, he's backpedaling 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 um <laughs> uh, so he uh so they they all came over we did a one shot and we were in tears the entire night all of us we had so much fun so we were like hey let's do this monthly just hang out and play one shot so next month came around we did another one shot 
And I think it was by like episode by like the third or fourth one shot. We were just thinking we were having so much fun. Why don't we try to record it and, um, you know, put it out there for somebody or maybe even just ourselves who, who knows, like we'll just listen to it ourselves back cause we're having so much fun. And, uh, pretty much every night, nearly every single one, we used a different mic setup because we knew nothing about audio quality and how to get good audio quality. So we would like try a mic out and it would sound like garbage. So we'd buy a new set of mics and it was, those would sound like garbage. And we just kept going through this, um, cycle until we eventually like found out about uh dynamic mics and stuff and then from there that's when we started to put that show out there and it at the time we dressed up as our characters and recorded the video too then we started playing remotely so we don't do didn't do that anymore and we just put them up on episodes but yeah it all started with just dm skilled one shots and i would reach out to all the authors and like ask permission and they were always like yeah of course i would love that and then it got to the point where uh like people were you know thanking me when we would run their uh system or their one shots and there were people like asking like hey i just made this one shot do you want to check it out and then i realized that it was like advertising for these people and at the at the time, you know, I didn't think much of that. And now I, I really take that to heart a lot more when we're running one shot on site because I will now like try to like find authors we haven't ran before. Um, I might find this one that's, I mean, okay, well, the, uh, I, I can take a little blame from running so many Jesse Stevens adventures because those things are just always, uh, fantastic. So I run a lot of Jesse Stevens, uh, but I really do try to, play new ones um i just last night uh our latest episode that's gonna be going out in like two uh, well two weeks ago now i guess um was an author named uh, zeke gonzalez that i've never ran any of their work until last night amazing work uh so i really like finding new authors for that show now do you think that when johnny moved and you were forced to start doing one shot on slot remotely that prepared you for for the network i mean do you think if he hadn't moved that you'd be where you are today would you have done halfway to heroes would you have streamed as much would you have networked with people the way that you do or do you think because you were forced to to start playing online that opened a door for you and you realized how awesome playing online really could be yeah we were really worried when johnny moved because i i think a lot of especially those early one-shot onslaughts um, especially before our quality was really, you know, decent. Um, we think we relied a lot on us all being around a table together and just having an amazing time. And just like the audience really was there hanging out with us and they really heard how much fun we were having. And we were really worried that going remote, we would lose some of that, some of that fun, some of that you were not in person hanging out uh, doing it. So, um, but when he did move and we started recording some, we were still having just as much fun. And also the editing got just hundreds of times easier than, cause if, you know, if we're all around the table and somebody coughs while somebody else is saying something, you know, we, I can't edit out their cough because even with dynamic mics, it'll still pick up a little bit, um, being that close. So going remote was, um, a really good. And even, uh, he moved back for a little bit and now he moved away again. But even when he moved back, we still stuck remotely 
just because it was um it's just it easier to edit uh and that's and I think that's probably why halfway to here is became a thing too because I don't know if Barry would have been able to or would be able to um come in person all the times we're recording halfway to heroes uh just with his kids and stuff I think the uh being remote really helped uh with that flexibility I feel that for sure and it really is in a way um honestly an upgrade of quality longtime listeners of Dice Talk who listened to the first 6 episodes you know sorry for all that but <laughs> If you listen to the first six episodes, the quality is a lot lower. The now the quality, I will say, the quality of the conversations is not lower. I do, I do feel like even going back and listening to those, what we talked about is pretty cool. So you should go back to season one I and check them. those out. But the quality itself is a little less crisp, and that's because they were in my room with me. Like we had two different mics, yeah, but we're still ten feet apart. And like you said, there's just those little things you can hear when the other person's talking. You can kind of you can edit it as much as you want. But when you are remote, when you are forced to record in different rooms, your audio is a lot more crisp. Um, it also kind of, I think it psychologically changes the way you approach things. And it, and it gave me the little kick I needed to start interviewing people that are not just my friends that I hang mm. out with. It, it allowed me to expand. Patrick Collins, who actually came back for the last episode of Dice Talk, was actually my first guest on season one that I had never met before. He was the first person who wasn't in the same room with me while I was recording and and going back and listening, there really is an improvement in quality, not only because it's a really interesting conversation because I'm meeting someone I don't know, but we had the different, the, just the quality and audio. So I can totally see how playing remotely, a lot of people might, and you know, this is recording a podcast or playing a tabletop game or anything. A lot of people might feel like it's going to take away, but if you're with the group and one of you has to move, please don't end your games. You can play remotely, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's a, it's just as fun. Yeah, absolutely. sure. I you know I like having my friends around the table with me, but there's also a bit of a of an advantage that you gain by playing digital games, and that's that you don't have people fucking about on their phone, like waiting for their turn. You don't have people having side conversations and interrupting the game because everyone's kind of being polite and, and they're trying to produce something quality. So they like wait their turn and they only speak when it's relevant to the game. Um, so I just want to say that's, that's in my experience, some of the positive things that come out of being forced to record remotely. I think part of that comes down to recording for content versus playing remotely for fun as well. And sort of a difference in um, attitude uh, there. But I think I do agree with you that just on general principle, if you are paying, you know, paying attention to a conference call, um, then you're more likely to be, at the very least, like more respectful of when somebody else is speaking and not over-talking. Unless you're on this show and I just cut you off as much as I can. Ah, don't be daft. I'm usually talking shit anyway. Uh, That's why I cut you off. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, uh, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> so one-shot onslaught, Adam, you get a whole bunch of titles that are written by other authors. You showcase them and you run them uh, on a podcast. Halfway to Heroes was your very first homebrew campaign would you like to talk about that first and so far only ever homebrew campaign so when i first started D, only ran published adventures and then one shot onslaught i was running published one shots and i honestly had no clue how to even approach making a homebrew campaign but then i just i i got one little small idea in my head and from there it, I just started, I kept, I kept thinking more and more on it. And, um, it was actually at the time when I was like planning it, I was running a lot 
And every time I went for a run, I would think of something and then I would think of something else that would be cool for the show. And from there, it kind of snowballed to me saying, hey, guys, we should make one shot onslaught go biweekly on the alternate weeks. We should do a homebrew game because that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, so that's what we did. We, uh, got together with, um, three of the four one shot onslaught members at the time. Uh, I believe, uh, Justin, uh, Justin's wife was pregnant. So he was like, yeah, I don't know if I could commit to another show. So we brought in my, uh, lifelong friend since like kindergarten, uh, Barry and he joined the cast and, um, yeah, we, that, that show, we were able to hit the ground running because we actually had, you know, uh, six months to a year or a year probably of uh one shot onslaught experience. So mm-hmm. we knew a little bit more about editing and about, uh, mic management and we were remote at the time. Um, so that one like actually could start with good quality. And, uh, that one thing I mentioned that, kind of sparked my entire idea for the campaign was in episode 40 that we haven't even released yet. We're about to release. So that's why I'm very excited for that episode to get out there. But that campaign's actually about to wrap up. But the main idea of it is that the, there are four students from an academy that are about to graduate uh, called Scrimmore Academy that was meant to train people to uh, fight against illicit invaders. But then after... Uh, 30 years ago, the illicit fled, and uh, since there's nothing else to train these people to defend against after 30 years of peace, they're shutting down the school. Um, so a lot of people are doing uh, shows where people are in school and you know for the duration, and I thought to be different. Actually, at the time, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but uh, this, was, this came out a couple of months before graduation. And I, at the time, I didn't know a single even school show uh, podcast, like Dungeons and Dragons podcast in a school. But I still, I wanted it to be like them just getting out of the school. Um, and that's like the overview of that campaign, mostly because I really like Mind Flayers and because of this one piece of information that they just found out about that I've been waiting for a year and a half to tell them. So um, that's how Halfway to Heroes came about. So af- after Halfway to Heroes, which is pretty it's it's weird how fast this last year year and a half went by i still feel like that's your new show yeah. oh me too i yeah you're I like feel, 40 episodes in right you're about to, uh, about episode, to finish the first arc yeah i mean episode 40 is a will have been out as of this going out um maybe 41's even out and honestly the campaign's a, 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 about to wrap up i'd probably have it'll probably end up being like 45 to 50 episodes in that range And uh, so we're already working on campaign two now. This is another thing that I had an idea for a home game for this uh, next campaign. And uh, I just realized it'd it'd probably be really fun. It's another thing that I've never seen anybody else do yet. So I'm really excited to like announce what that campaign is going to be and uh, the the tone of it and the story. And it's going to be Dungeons and Dragons again. But um, yeah, so I'm really excited. Also very sad to see this show go. It's been hard to edit these last couple episodes. It's certainly going to be sad to see that, you know, kind of disappear from, from well, not from the feed, because do you plan to continue it at all, or are you just going to change the story and run under yeah. the same title? It's still going to be Halfway to Heroes. We're going to rebrand it and get a new logo on there, but the feed's still going to be there, and then we're just going to mark all the new episodes as Season 2. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably still going to be a one-off of the refundables, um, 
like I said, I really like that they we didn't talk about their four years at school, which leaves me with four years worth of one shots I can throw at them whenever I want. So after Halfway to Heroes, um, as a result of that 24-hour stream we did where we got to play a bunch of different games and you interviewed Travis McElroy, we officially came out with Roll for Weird as a podcast, mm-hmm. as something we were going to do consistently. Um, and on this one, all three of us can actually speak to it. So, you know, I play Shadow, uh, which is an edgelord character on Roll for Weird. And I like playing him. Um, I don't really like his voice because it hurts my throat, but <laughs> I do enjoy the character. But I, I do also feel like it limits me because um, of some of the people might know I'm, I don't know, sometimes I get really loud and like I, I kind of exaggerate things and I get really excited really easily. And it's hard to do that playing that character. But what about the two of you? How do you feel about Roll for Weird? I mean, for some of our listeners, if they don't know, Roll for Weird is a Monster of the Week actual play podcast that, I mean, it's like it is all of the different people that were involved on the different shows. We kind of all came together to make this this podcast. So how have you guys been enjoying that? You guys been liking Roll for Weird? Uh, I, I love Roll for Weird. I love Silas um, a lot. It's a, um, Silas is a... Um, he's a World War One veteran. Uh, he's a former associate of Alistair Crowley. He has been a vampire since 1968 when he was an 80-some-year-old man. Uh, so he's been perpetually trapped as an octogenarian um, since then. So he's a vampire without any of the eternal youth because he's eternally an 80-plus-year-old 80, 80 uh, dude. Um, I find myself walking a tightrope with Silas because, on the one hand, he's quite um liberated in his um sexuality but at the same time he also carries a sense a kind of victorian sensibility in some ways so i tr- he's i think i do quite a good job of playing that without making it creepy um i guess you guys would have to be <laughs> the yeah, judge of so. that um but yeah this is the one thing i never wanted it to be was was creepy or you know like sexually menacing is he is a randy old man but um he's it's uh, mostly leg rubs he's a res- <laughs> he's a pretty respect respectful flirtatious uh randy old man uh and not a predator um so well, i think it's a source of humor i think you can tell that coming through you can certainly tell that as a player yeah i think yeah i mean silas is is a lot of fun to play i um but i i do take great pains to make sure that it's you know um in <laughs> somewhat good taste and not just gratuitous um uh, but yeah i love i love the the interactions that we have with the whole party but particularly with um the object of silas's lust uh as played by adam uh filbert um it's just i i'm not a big fan of romantic role play but when it is played hard for laughs, um, and this the whole sort of comedy of errors around Philbert not knowing that Silas is in love with him, despite the fact that he like outright tells him. <laughs> <laughs> it's always in a whisper. Yeah. Roll for Weird, I've been hooked on since the character creation. Yeah, of that's that so one good. shot. Yeah. Since we had that thirty minutes of character creation, I was hooked, and that's why I was pitching so hard to get that as a recurring thing because I still, every Friday, whenever we're streaming that, that entire day, 
I am just so excited for it to hit 6.30 or whenever, 7 o'clock, whenever we stream. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that so much still. It's yeah. so or fun. 5 a.m. for Drundu. 5 a.m. for Drundu. <laughs> only, only the one time. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's the thing that, again, I think that's the appeal of it. As you were saying before, it's like, we'll sometimes play for an hour more and there'll be no dice rolls because we just inhabit those characters and the varying degrees of dysfunction in their relationships um really well um it's it's in many respects more of an audio drama than an actual play um which i think you know the uh powered by the apocalypse sort of lends itself to um it's a light it's kind of a light touch system um but when you're in a group such as we've got that you feel really comfortable with and you know that everybody's um funny and you know exactly how far to push any given gag um it is very creatively freeing um to be part of that so yeah i love it another result of that 24-hour stream was the fan favorite shitty cowboys (laughs) jerundu i think you well i mean both of you i think jerundu might have a lot to say on this subject um how have you you know that's one i've only got to observe so how how have the two of you enjoyed that it certainly seems like a lot of fun from the sidelines um well i mean shitty cowboys came about from myself and sean playing red dead uh online during the uh charity stream in the uh the, the graveyard shift slot basically on uh east coast um but it was nice and nice and bright and early in the morning for me so that was great uh, I got to record at a reasonable time for a change. But yeah, no, we played Red Dead online. And primarily the the main sources of humor were the, um, again, um, sort of male bonding that I uh, insist on doing with the Deweese uh, men. Any Deweese. Yeah, just any one of them will just foster some kind of... Uh, inappropriate relationship um on horseback preferably <laughs> um yeah or cats back yeah or cats back but yeah we would uh, just the horse riding mechanics essentially uh just particularly when you first start the game which was sean's first time playing um are really conducive to you crashing in hilarious fashion so um that was our main takeaway that crashing horses is really funny and doing cow- <laughs> doing cowboy voices is really funny um, hey, let's make a podcast or a so, show that. I mean, yeah. it sat on the back burner for a while, but then you got hold of Wranglers of West Hollow, I believe, and then that put it all into sort of motion to actually make it into a uh, a show. So yeah, Jambalaya yeah. Pendergrass Road again. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. It's again, it's the only two person D and D show I'm aware of, two player D and D show. Um, yeah, we did the Wranglers of West Hollow again, me really leaning hard on people that are, you know, a lot more creative than me and they've already got this, uh, packet out there, Alex Clippinger and, uh, how do you say Phil's, uh, last name, Jorando? Beckwith. Beckwith, yeah. Um, yeah, they made this adventure that's kind of like a campaign setting and a couple little one shots and, uh, we're actually have done all of the adventures on, on that, uh, from that document now. Um, so now it's just kind of going uh, free range now, That's it, right. which is going to be a lot of fun. Out in the open prairie. <laughs> um, but, I mean, on that note, if you, um, you're listening to this and you've got some 
weird west um D D wild west sort of modules you would like to like us to have a look at on shitty cowboys again just send them over because uh, it lightens adam's load significantly uh <laughs> and it'll be uh less time i have to fill with uh jambalaya pendergrass animal stories you said shitty cowboys is the only two-player D game that you're aware of oh well adam you do something <laughs> called solo rolling and that's the only one player D game that i'm aware of what got you to do that i mean i didn't even know i mean it makes sense but i didn't even think that solo adventures existed um, prior to seeing you run that show guess how i found them on dm's guild um i believe the first one i ever ran was from ashley warren uh called the executioner's daughter and uh i found it on dm's guild and i looked and i said solo how the hell does solo dungeons and dragons work and i re- i read through a little bit of the rules and was like oh i've got to stream this and um so i did and i had like really terrible set up and everything it wasn't as nice as uh solo rolling is now because it wasn't solo rolling it was just a one-time stream i did back when the channel probably had like 40 mm-hmm. uh f- 40 twitch followers um but now that's like one of our most huge videos on uh on the youtube uh so i guess a lot of people have been looking at how solo rolling works um and then i did some one-offs every once in a while i would do I did like Savior of Sharn and a couple, and then I realized that this is another one of those things that I can just do it every Thursday, and there's no prep. I just sit down uh, with a character, and I get to play a lot of different characters, and um, yeah, it's just a fun, easy Twitch stream to do that I'm really, really enjoying. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be a part of two episodes of that so far. It seems like it might roll on to three or four at this point, but (laughs) we're um, going pretty slow. That's a real good time, and that's duo rolling, so that's that's fun. Our characters are so min-maxed. I think we'll make it through. Oh, I know. We've been destroying stuff. Yeah, we min-maxed on purpose because we read that that's supposed to be tough. But yeah, it's a uh, long story short. It's pretty much Dungeons & Dragons meets like Choose Your Own Adventure where you'll do rolls to see if you fail to succeed it. So we also have That's Pretty Crafty, which features um, Dragon Bait and Danny, and they do all sorts of geek-related crafts that comes on the stream every month. Um, unfortunately, they're not here with us, so we can't talk too much about that but please do go and check out the majestic goose twitch channel you can check out um that's pretty crafty mm-hmm. also we briefly mentioned lore and poor which um i think all you know all three of us have been involved in that at some point that is quickly becoming one of my favorite shows on the network and it hopefully will become one of everyone's favorite shows on the entire internet so I mean, if you want to briefly go over Lauren Poor before we end this episode, we are running out of time because there's just so much to talk. I mean, really, <laughs> I as bad knew, as 2020 was, there really are a lot of good things that came out of that year. Yeah, so uh, Lauren Poor is pretty much Drunk History, the TV show meets uh, Dungeons & Dragons lore where we just get drunk and then have a different guest on uh, that they don't know about the topic until 30 minutes prior to the interview. So they get 30 minutes to pregame, drink, and to study up somewhat on their topic. Uh, and then ruined my whole next day. I was so hungover. <laughs> Jeremy's been on it. Uh, Durandu's been on it. I'm actually uh, all right today. So- I don't know how. God, I got <laughs> trashed. I had six IPAs, and then we just recorded. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it should it will be on networks by the time that, or yeah, it will be on podcatchers by the time this goes out. So definitely check that one out. We also have, and this might be the, these are the last two that we're gonna have time to talk about, and we're really gonna have to kind of be brief. Um, and I just want to bring them up because by the time this episode drops, they will have just came out. We are going to have maybe episode one, maybe episode two out um, on these two shows. So I just think it's really worth mentioning. We have Eclipse, 
which is a Dungeons and Dragons adventure in space. space and I am the game master space. of Eclipse. Um, and my goal on that is that it's a high fantasy sci-fi thriller. Um, it's going to have some mature themes, but I won't do anything untasteful. But it will kind of explore. It's not. I'm not looking to create kind of your silly, run-of-the-mill, jokey, jokey campaign. Like this is going to be a little bit more serious, and that's that. This is very loosely based on some of the Spelljammer lore, so a lot of this um, Eclipse podcast campaign is going to take place in space on other planets, dealing with a lot of very alien creatures, probably a lot of abjurations and a whole bunch of homebrew things that I've created. Adam, you get to be a member of that crew, so please, please check that out. And then we also have Doom Clock, which I'm going to need you to speak on for just a second before we end this week's episode. Yep, so uh, Shiver is a new system that the main portion of that, uh, the main mechanic behind it is called the Doom Clock, where it's supposed to be like a horror-themed tabletop system, and anytime somebody fails a roll, if they have any of these things called strange icons on those dice rolls, you add one minute to the Doom Clock, and it just ticks down. Every 15 minutes, something bad's supposed to happen, and at midnight, something really bad happens. So we named the show Doom Clock, and it's going to be time-traveling to try to... Each episode's kind of a one-shot where they're going to be uh, trying to rescue somebody that uh, there are these time monstrosities popping up throughout different points in history, and they need to try to stop that. And it should be a lot of fun. We've got a really good cast on that, and I'll try to make it spooky. We'll see. Well, Adam, thank you very much for coming on to this week's episode. Um, thank you for coming on here and representing the Majestic Goose Network. I'd also like to briefly give a big shout out um, to a group called the Nerd Asylum, as well as a group called Table Talk. Those are both tabletop communities that have meant a lot to me over this last year. And while we're talking about things worth celebrating from 2020, I think um, finding those two groups and having a lot of cross promotion and a lot of cross play and just some really interesting conversations is definitely a positive thing that I wanted to bring up before we end this episode. Is there anything else that the two of you would like to leave our listeners with before we end for this week? You go. You go, Adam. Yeah. Uh, just uh, I, I just want to throw out one show that definitely has nothing to uh, sneeze at, but obviously we did run out of time, called NBA on Mondays. Go check that out. It's very fun with me and Gerundu. And then, um, yeah, really excited to see what 2021 is. Not off to a super great start so far, but hopefully the network has a better start than uh, or a better year than uh you know the previous years and um yeah we will uh see if we stop at 12 shows or keep on trucking i'm <laughs> really hoping infinity that, and beyond. <laughs> i'm really hoping that uh probably not 2021 with corona but maybe 2022 uh get some uh goose con mm. Majesticon, uh some kind of con going so we shall see at the very least, we'll con you out of something. <laughs> yeah, keep that Patreon subscriptions coming in. Uh, <laughs> Probably just your time. Fly, fly me over here. Yeah, for GooseCon 2022. As always, I just wanted to take some time to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that our discussions were able to entertain and inspire you. Do you have an idea for a guest you'd like to hear us interview? Or perhaps there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on the show. We want to hear about it. You can send us comments, questions, or just say hi by going to DiceTalkPod.com. There, you can stay up to date on all the latest Dice Talk news and streaming schedules. Also, be sure to go to MajesticGoose.com, where you can check out all the awesome tabletop shows that we offer on the network. If you want to find us on social media, 
You can do so on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Dice Talk and start following us today. You can also get in touch with us by sending us an email to dicetalkshow at gmail.com. And if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. They really help to get us to the top of the charts and get our name out there. Leaving us a review lets us know how you feel about the show, and it really is the best way you can support us right now. Don't forget to tell your friends about us, and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. I'll talk to you next time on Dice Talk. A Majestic Goose Podcast. Honk. Honk.